County sports fans. This is Hitzer Sports Weekly, sponsored by Hitzer Fireplace and Outdoor Patio of Burn. This is Dane Filling. I'm alongside my friend and radio partner, Rex Brewer, live atop the imaginary mountain here in Burn. And uh, we will soon be joined tonight by our special ghost uh, guest. <laughs> he is a ghost right now. Right now he's a ghost, yeah. He will be our special guest, uh, Belmont Cross Country head coach uh, Randy Heisner. And uh, Rex, sort of a big day uh, today and yesterday, I guess, also in uh, regards to COVID. Not only were there big announcements from Dale Manis at uh, Belmont, but um, a late announcement today, this, late this afternoon, from Graham McAllister at Adams Central, and then a big press conference from Governor Holcomb about uh, the spike in COVID numbers. And uh, to review that on Monday, uh, Dale Manis uh, announced that there would be a 250-person limit for uh, boys basketball, girls basketball, and high school wrestling for home events. And uh, to accomplish that, he originally said that there would be two tickets available for all visiting fans. I'm sorry, all visiting players, managers, and uh, there would be no visiting cheerleaders at all. And then the home side from Belmont would have six tickets per player slash manager slash cheerleader. But I think Dale did some of the math on that and looked at the size of the wrestling team and, and the basketball teams and found out that that was already going to push him over 250. So Rex, now the plan is for Belmont four tickets. Um, so for example, for wrestling, 29 or 30 wrestlers on the team right there, that's 150 people. When you count the wrestlers themselves, plus four or five managers, the coaches, two tickets per wrestler on the other team. I hate to say it, but, uh, your Mary Stricklers and Helen Mankies and Bruce Timmies are going to need to get a ticket from one of the wrestlers if they want to show up. And then three broadcasters, make sure the three broadcasters get you know, in too. You, we might be exempt. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. But, uh, uh, you know, it is unfortunate, but uh, the great thing that we have here in Adams County is this little radio station, and we will be bringing you uh, as much basketball and wrestling as we quite possibly can um, all season long. And uh, then today, Graham McAllister basically said the same thing. The only thing that I saw different between Belmont's plan and Adam Central's plan was the fact that um, Dale went and said that there will be no fans at all for swim meets um, because of the close proximity and how you know congested the place is. And I think the humidity probably has something to do with that. Uh, they will be allowing parents of swimmers from Adam Central to come watch the meets. Um, but the bigger news today was from uh, Governor Holcomb saying, realistically, if your county is listed in orange or in red, you are going to be limited to 25% capacity, no matter what, as an edict from the state, let alone what your county health commissioner is going to do. Um, and, um, you know, if you're at Newcastle, that's still 2,500 people. But I think for <laughs> the most boy. schools, I think are going to shoot probably for that, um, two, three, four person per athlete limit. And beyond that, there just aren't going to be general admission tickets at most high school sporting events this year. Well, I know that the, it was a big weekend uh, at my work at a factory. We, there was about six people that went contact trace that uh, were around somebody over the weekend. That uh, So now they're all working from home and just kind of wait to see how it goes out. But uh, um, it is everywhere, Dane. You, you can't get away from it. And now everybody knows somebody that they – close friends to or relatives that know that they have it or have been affected by it. Yeah, and obviously this week we saw things like uh, Walmart closing down and, and entire grades at uh, the public schools going uh, home for e-learning. And, uh, you know, we just encourage everybody to mask up and, and keep socially distant. And uh, we want to continue to be able to give these young people the opportunity to, uh, to compete. So with that, we'll send it uh, uh, to some announcements and we'll be back after that. Need a new barbecue grill? Visit Hitzer, 269 East Main Street in Bern for a complete line of grills and smokers. Hitzer features a Saver infrared gas grill with no flare-ups. Or looking to grill, smoke, or bake, the most versatile smoker in the United States is the Big Green Egg. Or check out our complete line of pellet grill smokers. Hitzer also features the Elite Ice Chest Pelican Cooler, which keeps ice for up to 10 days. Hitzer, your barbecue experts, located in Bern. As a local auto owner's independent agency, we are dedicated to assisting you in your time of need. We live and work right in your community, and we're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Fortunately, emergencies don't happen every day, but when they do, we're here to personally see you through for life, home, car, and business insurance. Call us, your local independent auto owner's agent, today. 
See me, Mark, Toby, or Barb at Graeber Insurance, Highway 27 North and Burn, and North 13th Street in Decatur. Even though we print worldwide, we are most proud of you, our friends, neighbors, and associates that make Mind's Eye Graphics a world leader in screen printing and embroidery. Hi, this is Greg Kitson, and on behalf of our staff and myself, I want to say thank you for making Decatur and Adams County a great community to live and work. Please think of us at Mind's Eye, 1019 West Commerce Drive, for all your screen printing and embroidery needs. If you can see it in your mind's eye, we can print it. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. Welcome back, Adams County sports fans. We're here at Hitzer Sports Weekly, sponsored by Hitzer Fireplace and Outdoor Patio of Vern. And we are in the Adams Woodcrest Week in Review. And uh, Rex, we're going to start off talking a little bit about uh, giving a recap of the South Adams win over Madison Grant on Friday, uh, 55-7. to seven. Uh, The highlight of the night was the very first play. Um, Coach Mosier, I think, was in a good mood, I guess, Friday at 7.01 when the opening kick was there because um, I believe, and I'm trying to remember who it was that caught the original, if it was Davidson or who – but he received the opening kick in the right corner, took about one step forward, and then tossed it over to Drew Stutzman about 25 yards across the field. And Stutzman just went straight in a beeline right down the sideline for a, I'm looking at it now, 75-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, you and I were not there. We were at a different game, but I can give you the, uh, the uh, total recap of that game. Uh, South Adams is just a way better team than Madison Grant, and they just won. That, that's the recap. That's all you need to talk about. There was a, a one-yard run from Nick Miller, uh, who we haven't seen run the ball all that much this year. Well, but, they go to uh, a heavy package. They, they, he bowls it in from two yards out. And then James Arnold complete to Aiden Warner. James Arnold complete to Drew Stutzman for a touchdown. Uh, Madison Grant did score in the first quarter with 26 seconds left, and that really made South Adams mad because 18 seconds later, James Arnold with another pass to Drew Stutzman for 24 yards. And then in the second quarter, South Adams scored twice again. Christian Somerset from 17 yards out. And then a 49-yard pass from Arnold to Nick Miller as he scores on the ground and in the air for a 48-7 lead. And the final touchdown of the game came with the starters out. Brady Beal in at quarterback. And Rex, I have to think that Beal is the the, the likely – no, wait, Warner's a junior? It's either going to be Warner or Beal next year as quarterback. But uh, Beal came in the second half. His com- his pass was complete to Jordan Hinshaw for 26 yards, and South Adams wins 55-7, to 461 yards of total offense from South Adams. And as was the case the week before, uh, Madison Grant actually ran more offensive plays than South Adams did, but the uh, average uh, per play was uh, obviously much higher. We look at the penalties, Mark. I tell you what, Rex, you just it's it's kind of befuddling, and we kind of pick on it, and they probably get tired of us bringing it up all the time. But Madison Grant with one penalty, South Adams with eight penalties for 70 yards. And I don't know sometimes if that's just a product of the officials trying to even things out a little bit. When you're up 55-7 to seven and you see a penalty, you call it on the team that's up 55-7. to seven. You know, you don't let them get away with anything. And when somebody's down 30 points, you maybe let them get away with a little bit more because you feel sorry for them. But it does seem like they have an lot, awful lot of penalties for a top-ranked team. Well, that, that comes into play in some games. But most of the games, um, we had a game earlier, and I gave Grant a hard time on a coach's show on Saturday morning. He had like nine penalties in the first half. So he wasn't that far ahead yet. He just had nine penalties in the first half. Yeah, not exactly what you want. And as we get deeper into the season, obviously coming up the game against Southwood on Friday and a potential semi-state showdown with Lafayette Central Catholic on the road, I think likely. Those things are going to be important. Um, And then uh, the game that we were at, Rex, was Southwood 28, Adams Central 14. Adams Central scored first. It ended up being 14-14 at half, but from there it was all Southwood. 
you know, that, that second half, they changed, they put the, the half back in. And we, I talked to Tony Curry off air, and he said they watched film, and, and that kid was not even a factor in any of the film they watched. And the second half comes in, and it's like 217 yards rushing in the second half. And it's like, you know, they listed him in a program at 5'8", 131. And he was quick, but, I mean, I just saw a lot of people not tackle him. I mean, saw, I'm not probably watch the tape and saw a lot of missed tackles. think, you know, the, the two or three big runs he had, I mean, they had him in the backfield, and he ran right through tackles and, and ran for long touchdowns. Still a great season by Adam Central. And, um, you know, with everything that happened with the uh, COVID situation and um, some different quarantine things for them, uh, to have a season where the only three teams they lose to are number one, South Adams, number three, Southwood, who are both still undefeated, and an East Side team that had a great year in 2A. Um, a lot to be proud of uh, from Adam Central. And, you know, two running backs, which was the bulk of their offense that will be back next year, and just a lot of promise for them going forward. You know, you look at their lineup, and they're, they're actually very young. They've, they I listed off um, 10 or 11 seniors that – that were on the roster, and I think six of them play a lot. Uh, but for the most part, they're uh, they're key players. They're uh, some, a lot of their starters. Uh, they started like three freshmen on defense, uh, and they've got a lot of big young kids. That uh, they got a they got a young man named Worm that's on their offensive line. That I mean, he's like six three, about two sixty, and and he's just a ninth grader. So I mean, they have a lot of promise, a lot of youth coming in that got a lot of playing time this year. Speaking of the young uh, Worm boy. Uh, he will be transitioning to the basketball team at Adams Central, and boys' basketball practices got underway on Monday. And uh, I visited two of the three teams on either Monday or Tuesday as they went through tryouts. Obviously, South Adams uh, will be missing some guys as they have a lot of three-sport athletes, but uh, Belmont's entire team was at practice except for those who are quarantined. Um, as is the case at most high schools in Indiana. But uh, the Belmont girls basketball team was not able to get their season underway. They've got some COVID issues, and um, they were supposed to play last night and didn't play. They have games scheduled Friday and Saturday. And um, the way I understand it, still waiting on some test results to know whether or not they're able to move forward with the start of their season. But uh, we definitely wish them the best of luck as the whole team right now is unable to meet, unable to practice and uh, a hard way to get your season started. Coach Heisner will talk about that a little bit later. To get into that, that really crucial part of the year where you're trying to get your conditioning up and uh, figure out who you are as a team, not the best time to just have to stay home and, and not be able to meet. You know, last week would have been a really nice, or earlier this week would have been a nice week to uh, shoot some hoops out in your driveway, uh, you know, basketball goal. But it's like in the mid-70s, you can shoot outside. After this weekend, it might be a little bit chilly to be uh, playing outdoor uh, basketball in uh, Indiana. And uh, the only two other athletic events uh, in the last week since our last show, Rex, uh, were two Adam Central girls basketball games. And Coach Heisner was at both of those games writing for the Decatur Daily Democrat. Adam Central wins over Eastside 33-25 in the opener. Um, and then a strong second half by Lures gives the Lady Knights a 59 to 38 victory over the Lady Jets. And with that, that ends our Adams Woodcrest Week in Review, and we will be back after these messages. We're here at Craigville Appliance, and we've got end-of-the-season clearance on power equipment. We've got demo mowers from Husqvarna, Ferris. Come into Craigville Appliance if you need a backpack leaf blower to handle those jobs. Come into Craigville Appliance. We've got the deals on all remaining 2020 lawnmowers. to Craigville Appliance or check us out online at cappliance.com. That's Season Cat, meow, appliance.com. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. Do you know all of the services available at Decatur Hardware and Rental? We cut keys, ship UPS packages, color match paint, test pool water, cut and thread pipe, cut glass, replace window screens, rent U-Haul trucks and trailers, and fill propane tanks. We're here to help you with your home repair and improvement projects. 
in our rental department with lawn and garden, paints and stains, hand tools, fasteners, plumbing, and electrical supplies. Your local hardware store since 1972. Located across from Bungie, Decatur Hardware and Rental. Do it best. Your site is precious. Your eye care professional invaluable. Dr. Alan Harshman's Adams County Vision Center is conveniently located at 815 South 13th Street in Indicator. Dr. Harshman's experience combined with state-of-the-art technology assures you the finest eye care available. Dr. Harshman's Adams County Vision Center offers the latest in contact lenses and frames. Dr. Harshman and his staff look forward to seeing you for all your eye care needs. Call 724-4111. And welcome back, Adams County sports fans. We are now, uh, it is time now for the Decatur Hardware and Rental Outstanding Performer of the Week. And Rex, uh, you know, we, we talk about him all the time. We almost take him for granted. But uh, we're going to go ahead and name South Adams quarterback James Arnold as our Outstanding Performer of the Week. It was practically a perfect game. I didn't get to watch the whole webcast, but I did go back and watch some of it. Uh, Arnold ends up playing just the first half. He goes 14 for 15 for 250 yards and four touchdowns in the game. And, and he's one of those kids, he's a classic pocket passer, which you don't see a lot of in high school. To do that, you have to have a big, strong offensive line, and they take care of him very well. Uh, other than the, the only game I saw him really get rushed than we played this year, um, covered our game this year, is Joe Kyer was in his face all night long in the AC, AC game, and it forced him out of pocket, and he can scramble a little bit. I mean, he's, he's not the fastest, fleetest of foot, but uh, he'll get open enough – and his receivers are crafty enough that they will come back to the to the pass and uh, uh, just really help him out. But he's one of those kids that sit back there and he'll throw the ball 45, 50 yards in the air all night long accurately. And uh, he's got guys that are – he's got five receivers that can run under any under any ball he throws out there. And he's just got great awareness in the pocket. Uh, you know, that ability that quarterbacks have to be able to check down and find different receivers. It always seems like he finds that open guy. And maybe they're just always open. I don't know. You know, as we get deeper into the season, we may find that that's different because, you know, you can only you can only choose so many of your opponents in high school football. But, uh, you know, this season, he's 139 of 197. That's a 70% completion rating. And he's thrown 36 touchdowns. So that's one out of every four pass completions is a touchdown for him. So if, if if I had a check down receiver that was Nick Miller, who could play D1 tight end someplace, this guy's got like 50 yards yak on plays. I mean, they throw a little flare pattern to him out to him. They, they, they hit him with a one-yard pass, and he runs, and he's just flinging small children off of him as he runs into the end zone. I mean, he's just a man amongst boys. Now, if that's your check down guy, I mean, you can get 50 yards receiving on a three-yard pass to him just on his yards after catch. Very true. We may have to uh... – Put a bug in uh, Doug Beal's ear to give us some yak uh, <laughs> yards after catch uh, statistics. And that is something that Grant and his staff pay a lot of attention to. And in his yard, yards after catch that they, they focus on. And some of, the, some of his guys don't have very many yards after catch because if, like Stutzman and Warner and those guys, he'll throw a 50-yard pass and they catch it and take 10 yards into the end zone, they're done. You know, where Miller, they flare him out, you know, about midfield, and he's just rumbling down the field and, and – gaining yards as he goes and just five interceptions this year so far for Arnold and I've seen three of them I know uh, and all three came on uh, tipped passes uh, the other two I think were regular interceptions but uh, that stat that of every four pass completions one of them is a touchdown is is pretty astounding to think about a regular drive for them how do you prepare as an opposing coach to shut him down and they'll have games where their time of possession is like one third of the other teams because, you know, they'll take take two three plays and get a couple first downs and they're in the end zone so they turn the ball over and their their offense rests and their defense pretty tough and they get people off the field fairly quickly and uh, they're back on the field again and uh, they don't need a lot of plays to score. So we'd like to congratulate James Arnold, South Adams quarterback, as the Decatur Hardware and Rental Outstanding Performer of the Week. And with that, we'll transition into Dr. Harshman's Adam, Adams County Vision Center special guest. And our special guest tonight is Belmont Head Cross Country Coach Randy Heisner. And we'll get the mic set up for him. Or Rex, do you want to introduce him? I was him? a bit disappointed last week because you had him listed as the host, uh, as the, the guest last week. And I was already talked to Randy last week, and I come. No, Randy. And he said, oh, we got the kids this week. So, okay, I'm, I'm glad I didn't miss it. So we get Randy this week. 
So uh, Randy has worn many hats over the years. Uh, obviously, the one that's most prominent this year is uh, cross-country head coach. So I guess we'll start with that. We had three of your boys in here. Uh, was that last week or two weeks ago? Uh, and uh, they did a great job and uh, intelligent kids with smart answers that, 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 that knew what they wanted to say and, and spoke articulately. And so that was great to hear. But uh, tell us a little bit about your season. Well, it was a great season. I mean, it was, it was an odd season, too. Certainly the strangest one in uh, my 36 years with the program, you know, obviously because of the COVID uh, pandemic. And, of course, that's something everybody had to deal with. You know, last spring, all the spring sports were canceled. But I was really proud of my guys because my main guys just, as soon as track was canceled, like they just started training for cross country. You know, on their own, obviously, we couldn't have official practice. Uh, you know, I'd send them workouts over the Internet, and they would do them. And... Um, and then we finally got to meet as a group, I guess, in July, first week of July. So we had about a month together. Then we started practice, and we were maybe a week into practice, maybe a little more, and we had a second shutdown. And that one was not shared by the surrounding area. We were the only team uh, that was shut down, uh, as far as I know, uh, around here. So we had another week and a half, I think it was, where I just had to send workouts out to the kids. And... I think almost without exception, they just did them to the best of their ability. It's not quite the same as doing them in a team setting uh, with the coach's supervision, but the, I have a lot of self-motivated kids, and it worked out for us. And one of the things that I really find interesting about cross-country is the way that you can start a season and you can set forth your schedule, and then you have guys who can every week improve their time and, and get better and move forward. And I think uh, that's something that a lot of other coaches probably envy this idea that we're going to make progress every week and it's going to be tangible. And <laughs> right. I, can, I can look at my kid and I can say, here's the progress that you made. Whereas, you know, on the basketball court, you know, you win a couple games and then you have a bad shooting night and it feels like you've gone backwards. Um, but uh, one of the things when I talk to other people about you as a coach, uh, people reference your positivity and your ability to point out the positives in any race that any of your boys run. Where did you, uh, where did you draw that from when you first started coaching? When did you decide no matter what I do, I'm going to make sure that I tell this kid the positive thing that he did in this race. Um, partly it's a result of the coaches I had, like almost without exception, the coaches I had, especially in high school, um, you know, they weren't all coaching geniuses, but they were all good people and they were positive. And, you know, I played, I played on uh, some really successful baseball teams and cross-country teams I ran on were very good. The basketball teams I played on uh, weren't all that good. Like my sophomore and junior year's total was four wins. So we were one in 19 and three in 17. And our coach, uh, a man named Dick Berkwin, was a good coach. He'd had uh, very successful teams at DeKalb and elsewhere. But um, – you know, he never took it out on us. Like he knew we were we were giving a good effort, and he was was just never verbally abusive to us or anything. He tried to be positive, and you know, I think you know if he could be positive with teams that are one and nineteen and three and seventeen, and I can be positive with kids who are out there, you know, going through pain and and great effort every race, and um, yeah. Plus, it's 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 more effective. I mean, mm-hmm. kids are giving a great effort. They don't want to hear run harder. They don't want to hear you're not giving enough. You know, they want to be encouraged, and uh, I found it to be very effective. And, you know, Rex and I see this especially in wrestling because if for other team sports, what's said by the coach is often only heard in the huddle. Or at a basketball game, it's hard to hear because of the crowd. But we often see interactions between individual coach and individual wrestler, and they're out there in the middle with everybody's focus. And a lot of times where we're perched on the radio – we can hear or at least tell what's being said in the age of the, the, the yelling coach has, has is kind of long gone. There are very few kids anymore who respond to right. that kind of right. motivation and the supportive coach. And I think we've seen that in some of the wrestling coaches that have built big programs over the last decade or so that they're, they're the ones who are allowing their kids to have some fun, who are really encouraging and, and, and listening to what the kids want to do and building their programs that way. And I think that's something that, that you've been able to do over your time. Right, yes. It, it has to be a cooperative effort. I mean, it just it just has to be. Uh, you have to have the kids buying into what you're doing. You know, they have, I, I tell them the first day, like, the whole thing is built on trust. Like, I trust them to give a good effort, and I hope they learn to trust me to have smart, intelligent, 
workouts and strategies. And, and uh, one of the things that I've always envied about your program is how many guys are perfectly willing to run in your program and run your races without ever really having a, a varsity spot or even really a chance. And, and with cross country, it's, it's all about time. So if you're not up to snuff on the time, you're never going to run that varsity race unless it's a, you know, a regular season one that doesn't matter much, but you have kids who come out just because they enjoy being with you, being with their friends and they enjoy running. And I know Rex and I don't enjoy running at all. <laughs> so it always amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really proud of that. That's uh, we have great kids and they make, you know, it's not just me. They, the kids make it a welcoming environment. And, um, you know, I have a standing offer to any kid I'm trying to recruit. I say, please just try it. Just give it a try. If you don't like it after two weeks, like you can quit. There's no hard feelings. You know, I'll, I'll appreciate the fact that you tried it. And uh, of the kids that I've made that deal with, I've had very few quit after two weeks. Most of them find that they, they like, actually like the work and they like their teammates and uh, they stick it out. Well, Coach, you mentioned your uh, playing career. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and what high school you went to and uh, what sports you played. Yeah, I went to Heritage High School. I grew up in the Hoagland-Monroeville area and uh, ran cross country in the fall, played basketball in the winter and played baseball in spring and summer. Okay. And uh, I know um, I've read before that your dad was uh, a great baseball player. Wh what was his story? Where did he grow up uh, and play, and how did his uh, career further? Uh, he went to Hoagland High School. He actually grew up on a farm about a mile north of Maples. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people in the listening audience know I've where Maples, Maples is. Inn. But uh, And then Maples is actually where I Grew up until, I guess, my sophomore year in high school. We moved out closer to the high school. but uh, So until I was about 15 or so, uh, I grew up in Maples. It's a small town, about 130 people, uh, about three miles north of Heritage High School. And um, so anyway, Dad grew up in a farm not far from there. And, you know, that was a – it's just stunning sometimes when I think about it, um, the change from his generation to mine. Because, you know, he would tell me stories about how he and his three brothers and his dad – would uh, pick the corn in the fields by hand, <laughs> you know, pick it by hand, throw it in a bushel basket, carry the basket to, to a wagon and dump it and then go back and do it again for hour after hour. Um, also from age 8 to 18, he got up at 5 o'clock every morning and milked the cows by hand. And uh, he, used to tell, he was a pitcher, and uh, he used to tell me, Randy, you can't throw a good curveball unless you've milked a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Because he had these tremendously strong hands, even up into his 70s. I mean, he was a s strong man, and I think uh, that owed a lot to, uh, or he owed a lot of that to uh, to his uh, time on the farm, all the manual labor they had to do. Um, you know, <laughs> this summer I was trimming weeds in my yard with a string trimmer, and you know, my hand started to cramp a little bit from pulling the button down. I thought, wow, <laughs> my dad would just hold, that, he would laugh at that. <laughs> just pulling the button down is is hard work nowadays, but. Um, yeah, they had to do all that manual labor, and he and his and his brothers were were all good athletes. In fact, um, one of his brothers, Gerald, also signed with the, the Red Sox. They both played professional ball. Gerald didn't last very long; got homesick the first season, came home. But uh, they were all all good athletes. Very interesting. And then you uh, got into coaching after uh, college, and so where did your coaching career begin, and in which sport? Yeah, I started at uh, Monroe Central high school down in Randolph County, not too far from here. And I was there for four years. I uh, coached, actually coached middle school across country for one year. First year I was there, did middle school basketball for fo all four years. And then baseball, I was an assistant for three years. And then the last year I was the head coach before I uh, made the move to Belmont. And then while at Belmont, you coached, you said this has been your 36th season? Yeah, 36th season. It's hard, hard to believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, 36 years with cross country. Um, yeah, the first year I was here, I coached junior high girls basketball and junior high track. And then the second year, I got the cross country job. Um, and I've continued, I continued to coach middle school basketball several years, probably 10 more years total off and on. Uh, did some middle school track for about 10 years. But yeah, the main thing has been uh, cross country at Belmont High School. And your teaching career uh, started at uh, Belmont Junior High and then Belmont Middle School and right. then high school? Or right, yeah the, yeah, the old junior high. Um, I was talking to, <laughs> to a former student of mine recently about that building. I was up on the third floor, there was no air conditioning and um, you know, the hot air rises and 
you'd have to open the windows and sometimes in the spring bees would fly in and <laughs> but we had good ventilation with all those windows open that's a, <laughs> something to that we'd like to have during the pandemic i guess is more yeah. open windows but um so yeah taught there several years and then then they built the middle school in 91 or two Sounds right around about there right, 92 maybe yeah and then the last nine years i taught at the high school um, and I know that you also have uh, been umpiring for a long time and served as a mentor to many a young umpire. Tell us a little bit about your, your background in, in that field. Yeah, you know, uh, I grew up in a baseball family, of course, my dad playing professional baseball. And, and you know, and I, I played for a long time, coached for a long time. Um, and at one point, I was very involved out at Monmouth Little League. And I was league president a couple times. And and uh, sometimes I was in charge of hiring the umpires, you know. And one time my wife looked at me and says, like, this is after my kids were done, like a year after my youngest son, Gavin, was out of Little League. She said, why don't you do some of those games and make some money in this game for a change? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I needed somebody one night, and I th thought I couldn't find anybody, so I just kind of reluctantly went out and did it and uh, made my 10 bucks or whatever it was. And it turned out it wasn't all that bad, you know. It was, it was okay, and... and um, and then I uh, found a mentor, Victor Canales, who's a Division One softball umpire, but has also done a lot of baseball. And uh, it's kind of kind of funny because I actually taught him in seventh grade and coached him in middle middle school or junior high track. But um, anyway, he, he uh, really helped me out a lot when I started, made a lot of connections for me, and just taught me a lot of the ins and outs. So uh, started umpiring about twelve years ago. Must have been about two thousand eight. Just doing a lot of kid games locally and surrounding towns. And uh, then I coached Belmont High School for a couple of years. And I guess I continued to do a little bit of umpiring in the summer, but it wasn't until I gave that job up after two years I got my high school license. So that would have been 2011 that I started uh, umpiring high school games. And about two years after that, I got a handful of college games. And now I do a lot of college games in the spring, small college stuff, so NAIA, D3. What's the highest level that you've, that you've umpired or what's the biggest stage that you've been on? Um... One summer I did a few games in the Great Lakes co Collegiate League, and there were, I, I'd say at least half the players there were D1 players. So I probably did five or six games in that league, and boy, that was an eye-opener, you know, having some of the D1 pitchers throwing 90-plus and sharp-breaking curveballs. Uh, so that was quite, quite interesting. I thought I was in over my head really a little bit maybe, um, but it was a great experience, and – uh, as I said, mainly now I do NAIA games and D3, uh, occasional JUCO game. But uh, one game, one NAIA game I had was actually uh, an NAIA team against Butler. So it was against a Division One team. And they were, I think, second in the Big East at the time of that game. And, um, you know, you would think maybe it wouldn't be a very good game, but the NAIA team, of course, was all jazzed up to mm -hmm. play somebody that, that um, would be a feather in their cap if they got the win. Well, I was doing a plate, and turned out they went went ten or eleven innings, zero zero. <laughs> so there was a lot of pressure on every pitch. Um, so it was pressure filled, but it was fun in a way too. And I know my partner had to, had to eject the the IU Kokomo coach uh, in the last inning when he didn't get a close call that he wanted at first base, and when they were they were down one to nothing at the time. Um, so that was uh, that was one of my more memorable games, I guess, since it involved the D1 team and it was such a good game. Uh, Rex and I have been around baseball and softball our whole lives. Also, where does your baseball fandom lie now? What 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 when you just want to sit down and, and, and enjoy the game? What do you watch? Do you watch it on TV? Do you go in person? What are you excited about when it comes to ball games? You know, I don't actually see many games in person anymore. I mean, I haven't been to a big league game since I don't know 2000. 12 I think it was when the Red Sox had their 100th anniversary my dad was actually invited to be there so my sisters and I went with him um, I watched the occasional game on TV but then of course I'm a Red Sox fan so I watch the Red Sox but this summer I couldn't really get into it it just it started so late and I just and the Red Sox were terrible <laughs> so that didn't help any so I didn't really watch much on, on TV even this year but yeah I watched the occasional game on TV um, 
if I see something in person, it's probably going to be a college game or high school game. I go see Belmont play if I have an open spot in my schedule. But, but in the spring, I'm usually so busy umpiring, I don't really get a chance to just go watch very many games. Baseball's definitely been one of those sports, as we've seen all of these sports being played without fans, and maybe soccer's one of them too, that just don't seem the same without the fans. And right. I know that uh, over the last six or seven uh, years, Rex may laugh at this, but I've developed – uh, a pretty big uh, fandom, I guess, of the winter leagues in the Caribbean, specifically oh, really? yeah. in the Dominican. There's so many. There's a record number of Dominican players in uh, Major League Baseball this year. But uh, all of those games are streamed live on YouTube during the winter. Yeah, I'll keep and that in mind. They start on uh, Sunday, and it's a lot of Dominican players going back home. But I love watching those games and listening to the passion that the announcers have. And then I love looking in the stands and seeing people who are actually watching the baseball. <laughs> and I know They're not looking at their phones. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot of Major League Baseball anymore. I still follow it like I did when I was 11 years old. I listen to a lot more on the radio because I enjoy radio announcers like that. Um, right. But to see people who just love great play and cheer and applaud – um, when it's just a regular game, right? And, you know, to the people in the Dominican, they don't know that anybody else outside of the island knows that the games are even being played. But uh, it's definitely something that that I still love, and I know I share that with you that 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 love of baseball. Yeah. So, well, I, I know I know the umpires miss the fans helping them out this yeah, summer. I'm, I'm sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not, they're not in the stands anymore, like uh, like some of the parents that we have also. You know, so during during COVID and everything was shut down, you know. I was not working, and at one time I'd worked all day on doing housework, and it was like one thirty in the morning, and the only thing that came on, the KBL, the, yes. Kore- the Korean Baseball League. I started watching that, and I actually tweeted out, and you made a comment to it because apparently you were awake at the time too. It's like it's one thirty in the morning, nothing else to do, and I'm watching the KBL, big question mark. But So uh, I can now segue that <laughs> into a connection to Adams County. So – in the mid-1990s, Belmont had a catcher named Ben Prill. Okay. I don't know if you remember him. He was, he was uh, all-conference uh, and signed with a community college um, in Florida. Went down to Florida, played college ball, and ended up uh, getting more involved with baseball. I don't think he ever actually played any professional ball. But he ends up through all of these connections. He marries... Um, I'm trying to remember which Alou, uh, Maddie Alou's daughter. So there was Felipe. Moises? Uh, that, the Moises' dad was, I can't remember. I don't remember the family tree. Anyways, this guy from Decatur ends up marrying one of the Alou's uh, daughters. And uh, another Alou, uh, a cousin, is Mel Rojas Jr., who played in the Korean League this year. Played for Lise, the hat that I have on for the Dominican Winter League. He won the Triple Crown this year um, in the Korean League. And they really cashed in on that baseball-hungry crowd in the U.S. Even though the games were played at 1.30 or 4.30 or whatever, they got pretty big ratings from ESPN. And, and something that you and I are not used to, they would segue off to the broadcasters. And the broadcasters were sitting in their living rooms in two different places in, in the world watching a game and they were broad, they were broadcasting a game that was in Korea and one guy was in Wisconsin and the other guy was in New York State and it's like I kept thinking that is just so different basically they're watching TV and broadcasting while they're watching the TV in a game but it was really interesting just different and we saw that in the major league baseball season this year that the uh, the um, away announcers were not allowed to travel with the team and so um, you know, one of my all-time favorites was Vin Scully, and this was his first year off, unfortunately. And the, uh, but Charlie Steiner was always in Los Angeles calling the game, and you know sometimes the TV views aren't great, and they were they were looking alongside because you're able to tune it if you have the MLB app, you can pause it and have the radio match the video, and so you could watch along with them and listen to the radio, so you didn't have to listen to Joe Buck the whole time. <laughs> And uh, it was interesting. It's an interesting dynamic to not to not be there live and call those games. So since since I have absconded a microphone from from Randy, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress a little bit here. One of the last times I heard you on radio when uh, you were on Hitzer Stoves with the the late Randy Fudge, and Randy was interviewing you, and he he tried to stump he tried to stump you. He said, "Okay, you've been doing it 36 years. 
who are some of the guys on that first team? And Randy rattles off every guy on his team. Well, I'm listening to it a little bit. Well, the next day on ACSN, I'm walking, listening to uh, Adams County Sports Notes, and they had that clip on there. And I didn't hear all of it, but Randy's rattling off guys that are on his team, and he says, Tony Worth. Well, I currently now work with Tony Worth at work, and I go into work, and I say, hey, you were just on the radio. And he says, what was I doing on the radio? Well, Randy Heisner said, you're on one of our first cross-country teams. And he goes, here's my Randy Heisner story. So here it comes. He said he's like the fifth runner on the team. He's just kind of on the team just because. And he said they had some really good guys on the team. And he said they're in a sectional meet. And bang, the gun goes off. And he said he's running, looks, and their number one runner gets spiked. And he goes down. He's got like blood rushing off his leg and stuff. And he's like, oh, that's not good. And he's running. And next thing you know, he sees like the number two runner is like hurt or limping or walking. And he's like, oh, that ain't good. And he said, I'm running. And he said, well, you come out by the pond. You come running back through. And he said, all of a sudden, I see Heisner running across the field. And he says, you got to go. And he's like, Oh, that must be me. <laughs> He's like, if you don't pass like 30 guys, we're not going to regional. So, Randy, why don't you ex uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, that's a blast from the past. That must have been 87, my third year, and the first really good team I had. We were pretty decent the first two years, but, but the third year, 87, we had beaten everybody in our sectional. So I'm going into the sectional thinking, you know, we're going to be sectional champs. We've handled all these teams, Norwell, New Haven, et cetera. Little did I know that during the meet, my number two runner would, <laughs> would have his scar tissue from his summer appendectomy come loose. <laughs> and, I mean, it literally, it, it happened. Like, before the meet, it was a nice, smooth scar. After the meet, it was this wrinkled mess, and it was excruciating. And so instead of running around 17 flat, which is what he normally ran, he ran like 1840 or something like that. So that's one of my scorers out. And then another runner, this wasn't a complete surprise, but he'd been struggling with shin splints all season. We'd been putting him in the pool sometimes to run in the water instead of on the land um, a couple times a week. And anyway, he goes down with a stress fracture. He was like my number three or four kid. So suddenly two of my five scorers – are out or well one of them is out the other one finished but you know way back and so yeah tony was like number seven guy and he had to score <laughs> and luckily he came through as if i remember right he had a decent race and and uh, we made it to the regional and um the kid with the scar tissue came loose uh, it was tim allman by the way you might know tim and he's a really tough kid and he came back the next week had a really good race and we beat everybody from our re from our sectional we kind of won the sectional a week late Unfortunately, at that time, we hosted the regional, and the Fort Wayne sectional sent five teams down here, and all the teams in Fort Wayne beat us, and so we didn't make it to semi-state. We missed by like three points or something like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, a wake-up call to me that, yeah, you, can't, you don't take anything for granted. No matter how, how many times you've beaten a team during a season, like funny things can happen. Well, Randy, we thank you for those stories. And uh, that brings us to the end of Dr. Harshman's Adams County Vision Center special guest section. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Add a custom Hitzer fire pit to your outdoor entertaining space. This 24-inch round fire pit is custom designed just for you with laser cut messaging. Add your name or company logo right into your personalized fire pit. These custom fire pits make great gifts and are built strong for a long service life. Stop in today at 269 East Main Street in Bern to order your custom fire pit. Here's some straight talk about insurance from auto owners. You may think eliminating the middleman will save you money. When it comes to insurance, you eliminate a lot more. Like the personal service that comes from dealing with a local agent, someone who lives in your community, who knows you and your insurance needs, and will be there for you when you need them. For the best rates and coverage, call your local independent auto owner's agent. See Mark, Toby, or me, Barb, at Graber Insurance, Highway 27 North and Burn, and North 13th Street in Decatur. Our dedicated professional staff can move your sorta idea into print reality. Hi, this is Greg Kitson from Mind's Eye Graphics at 1019 West Commerce Drive, Decatur. And I know how sometimes you know what your screen printing should look like, but well... 
How do you get that image on a shirt or a blanket or a towel? Here at Minds Eye Graphics, we make your idea real. Stop and talk to one of our staff because if you can see it in your mind's eye, we can print it. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. And welcome, welcome back, Adams County sports fans, to the Hitzer Sports Weekly, sponsored by Hitzer Fireplace and Outdoor Patio of Bern. And we are now in the Adams Memorial Hospital preview. And uh, the schedule is picking back up. Uh, Rex, we have a football game, obviously, Friday night. South Adams at Southwood. And uh, it's going to be a little bit colder than Man, last Friday. Why couldn't have Adams Central won that game? We'd have been at home at, at South Adams. Man. <laughs> I don't know if there'll be any peanut butter M&Ms for you to eat at Southwood. But no. we'll have to see. Um, I do know that uh, I got my name in, so I'm going to have a ticket with my name on it. Uh, hopefully, Rob, put your name on on the crew. Uh, we Not for also, the press box. We'll be outside. So. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, scheduled games this week for the Belmont girls basketball team. As we mentioned earlier, they are still awaiting some uh, to resolve some COVID issues, but uh, they're supposed to play Friday night against Woodland and then at Northside on Saturday evening. And then uh, the girls swimming and diving season kicks off for Belmont. They were supposed to re- uh, wrestle. Wrestling on my mind, Rex. They were supposed to swim at Norwell this Saturday to kick off the season, and that meet got canceled. Uh, so instead, um, Dale Manis scheduled Oak Hill to come in just for a two-way uh, team meet at 10 a.m. There will be no fans, as we mentioned, but uh, you will be able to see some highlights of that. Uh, by a photo in the Decatur Daily Democrat on Tuesday. And I think he did broadcast that they're going to have it on Facebook Live. Oh, yes. I did see that also. So uh, I know that Dale has had some inquiries from some different companies about just a simple webcast with a stationary camera and no commentary, but uh, that will give people the option to, uh, to watch. So all three girls basketball teams are scheduled to play on Saturday. Adam Central was supposed to be at home. I know Randy was signed up to uh, cover that game, but uh, the game was moved to Fremont on Saturday, so I don't think Randy will be traveling to Fremont uh, for that. And the South Adams girls team is scheduled to play at Blackford on Saturday. The Belmont girls uh, are scheduled to host Bishop Dwanger on Tuesday. That'll be a good game. I was at that game last year between the two teams. And Adam Central girls play at Manchester on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the swimming and diving team for Adam Central, the girls at least, We'll kick off their season next week on Tuesday at Norwell at their pool. And then, um, Rex, you and I have our show on uh, Monday from the Double Eagle. We don't know what the meal special is going to be. You'd think that all the chlorine in the pool would kill that COVID. You would think. You would think. But uh, we'll have our show on Monday night uh, from the Double Eagle. I believe if we can finally twist his arm and he doesn't back out on me, we will have at least Jesse Gaskell, if not uh, Robert Loshi and Caleb Sprunger and a few of the South Adams coaches to join us as we talk a little bit of uh, Starfire wrestling. Hopefully there won't be many Starfires in the room because they'll still be practicing for football on that night. And then we'll be back here for uh, Hitzer on Wednesday, and we will see who's available as a guest that night. This week uh, for WZBD, tomorrow night we have the Colts traveling to Tennessee pregame starts for that game at 730. Uh, we do have the Jeff Brom show tonight at 730, I believe. And then Friday night, South Adams at Southwood at 630 starting Indiana sports talk after that, as we discuss, uh, we hear Bob Lovell discuss the regional uh, championship football games. Then on Saturday, we have football under the lights between undefeated Purdue and undefeated Northwestern at 630 pregame starts there. And then uh, no Sunday football. I have Colts and Ravens. That was last week. And um, that's your Adams Memorial Hospital preview. So, Dan, you, you, I'd like to think that you and I have fans for at least one of our sports shows. But if we have any of our crossover fans from this show to our wrestling show, we're, we really encourage people to come out 
to the double eagle to watch that show in person we have you know we have a, a pa system we put up so people out in the in the audience can listen to the show and uh, i mean it, it it's an interesting time they uh, usually have a good special uh, good food special that you and i had the, the food special this past week was phenomenal so uh, you had a couple of uh, your former teacher friends come over the other night and uh, there there's there's nights when we have 20 people there to listen to the show and it it's a good time similar to the jeff brahm show that they have in one of the places in west lafayette and uh, it's it's interesting. We, we can't bring all the people up here and have hits or stoves, but uh, we found a way to get out into the public and, and have that show, and uh, that show has been very well received, and uh, we have I think we're building a little fan base off of it for the uh, uh, restaurant show plus the podcast as well. And if you're lucky, you'll get to meet AJ. Then there's that. <laughs> okay, and with that, we'll call it a wrap on the Adams Memorial Hospital preview, and we'll be back after these messages. We're here at Craigville Appliance. If you're planning a new home, remodel, or you just want to update the appliances in your kitchen, come to Craigville Appliance. We have an amazing selection. We have over 10 full kitchen displays on our showroom floor. We have built-in wall ovens on display. We have a live kitchen on display with built-in ventilation. We have cooktops on display. We make it easy here at Craigville Appliance. We have the financing. We have the professional delivery crew. Come into Craigville Appliance or check us out online at cappliance.com. That's season cat appliance.com know the warning signs know the difference and get help fast call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke numbness or weakness of face arm or leg trouble speaking or seeing dizziness or loss of balance sudden severe headache symptoms of heart attack including chest pain lightheadedness nausea jaw neck stomach or back pain pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath don't take a chance with your health allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you do you know all of the services available at Decatur Hardware and Rental? We cut keys, ship UPS packages, color match paint, test pool water, cut and thread pipe, cut glass, replace window screens, rent U-Haul trucks and trailers, and fill propane tanks. We're here to help you with your home repair and improvement projects. In our rental department with lawn and garden, paints and stains, hand tools, fasteners, plumbing, and electrical supplies. Your local hardware store since 1972. Located across from Bungie, Decatur Hardware and Rental. Do it best. Your sight is precious. Your eye care professional invaluable. Dr. Alan Harshman's Adams County Vision Center is conveniently located at 815 South 13th Street at Indicator. Dr. Harshman's experience combined with state-of-the-art technology assures you the finest eye care available. Dr. Harshman's Adams County Vision Center offers the latest in contact lenses and frames. Dr. Harshman and his staff look forward to seeing you for all your eye care needs. Call 724-4111. Welcome back, Adams County sports fans. We are now into the Prognosticators presented by Graber Insurance. And uh, Rex, we're going to start with some football regionals. And as far as I know, as I have perused uh, Twitter throughout the week, there are zero teams out of the tournament as of right now because of COVID, and we hope to keep it that way. There was some question as to whether Mishawaka was going to be able to play uh, against Valparaiso on Friday, but the last I heard, they were back to practicing. So uh, obviously we talked a little bit about South Adams' game at Southwood. Uh, Grant Mosier shared with me earlier in the week and on Twitter – that these are the two uh, best records over the last two seasons in all classes in the entire state of Indiana. Going against each other. Yeah, yeah. going against each other. You know, you got number one, number three. I mean, he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that rankings don't mean a lot. I mean, he's being very modest. He has a very good team. Um, from watching that Southwood team play last week against Adam Central and from watching South Adams play as many times as we have this season – I think he just has a much better football team with him. Now, can he execute and, and pull it off? I, I think his his uh, seniors are well-prepared enough and strong enough that I think they're going to they're gonna play through that game and uh, defeat Southwood pretty handily. And, you know, talking about rankings, I, I've had enough experience doing rankings now for Indiana Matt for the high school wrestling team rankings across the state to know that some people get the wrong impression with rankings. They think that because South Adams – is ranked number one and Southwood's ranked number three, that that automatically means that South Adams should win. And if they don't, it's an upset. Well, the rankings are only as accurate as you have an undefeated team who's beat better teams than another undefeated team. Then that team gets put 
ahead of them. And that's really all that it means. It is a very good indicator that South Adams probably has the best chance of any team to win the state tournament, but it doesn't mean anything once you actually get out onto the field. Then you look at the SOS. I mean, with their strength of schedule, who do they play? I mean, who has Southwood played? Southwood's played two or three pretty decent teams. Uh, South Adams, typically in the ACAC, used to be a powerhouse, and they played some pretty good teams. But that has changed. The ACAC is not as strong as it used to be, uh, and they've dominated some of those teams. But they have played a, a very tough Monroe Central team twice and, and defeated them. Uh, they've played a, a pretty good Adam Central team that uh, they've defeated pretty handily. Uh, the rest of the teams in, in that, um, that they've played this year, not the strongest season they've had. They had a couple of games they had to switch around and play different people because of some COVID changes. But uh, he's got a very good football team. And, and uh, I, I said this in the past, and I'll say it again, if South Adams would have played better against Adam Central in the regional last year, and they would have played LCC, I think they matched up with them a lot better, and I think South Downs would have beat LCC and went to state championship. And something to remember about high school football, <laughs> you only get to play nine games. And if you're in a conference with seven teams, you only get to pick three of your opponents, and the rest of them are picked for you. It's not like basketball where you get a 23-game season and you only have to play seven of them, and you get to pick the other 16 opponents. Your strength of schedule can only be manipulated so far, and, and we've learned this with wrestling too. Uh, and the ACAC finally went out and said, hey, we're just going to use two of our points for our conference duels, and we're going to do it all in one weekend. That way we can open up and let people play the strength of schedule that they want to. But uh, sometimes that strength of schedule is deceiving. And, you know, we see it with Lures this weekend. You know, they're 6-6, six and six, and they could be favored against Tipton uh, by some people because they've played 3A and 4A and 5A teams, but that's the schedule that they play, and there's not really much that they can do about it. Their non-conference schedule of just having – I don't even know if there is a non-conference in no, the, in the there's, SAC. There's, there's like nine teams in the SAC, so they – Yeah, so they don't, they don't even have to no. schedule it. So and, and they beat a very good Eastside team. We saw Eastside play, and I, I knew how strong they were going to beat Adam Central, and they, they play against Angola, who is uh, my general manager's – kids play for Angola and said that's a very tough east side team and they were a very good team slugfest is like 56 49 big high scoring game but uh, it was two really good football teams so uh, we've got uh, back to back to back nights of football for you tomorrow night we have the colts and the titans um, the colts i think come in at five and three in tennessee at six and two and uh, whoever wins that game is going to be uh, on top in the AFC South. And that's like one of the number one ranked defenses versus the number one rusher in the league. Should be a great game to listen to right here on WZBD. And then on Friday, we have our regional final game between South Adams and Southwood. And then, as I said earlier, Saturday night, uh, 2-0 and Purdue after the week off with uh, Wisconsin's COVID outbreak. They face 3-0 and Northwestern, who are ranked 23rd. Um, as we finish up here, Rex... A little uh, bit more discussion on the attendance policies announced by Belmont and Adam Central. Obviously, we want to let you know that uh, WZBD has an extended schedule this year uh, with more basketball and with more wrestling than last year, and we're going to bring you as much uh, coverage as possible um, for those people who are unable to get in, even if you want to go. Uh, you won't have the opportunity to really for at just 250 people. I was talking to Dale earlier in the week, and he said that basically covers everybody uh, for basketball, boys and girls. So they've exceeded 250 in almost every game that they've had the last couple of years. And I know from keeping track of attendance for wrestling that Belmont wrestling is over 250 really every time that they, that they wrestle. Well, back in the day, they'd take 500 people to an away meet. Right. So, you know, um, please pay attention to uh, the attendance policies. Uh, follow Twitter. Follow on Facebook. Uh, I will try to get as many of those details in the Decatur Daily Democrat as possible ahead of time. Uh, you For wrestling, you should see a lot of previews beforehand. And we will try to keep people updated. And we'll do the same here on the radio. I know that East Allen really is not allowing any away fans um, that aren't parents. So if you want to go watch Belmont or Adam Central wrestle against New Haven, that's out of the question. You're not going to be able to. Um, you'll have to listen to WZBD. And uh, as always, look ahead. 
follow them on Twitter, go to the school's website, and most athletic departments will have their rules on there. And every, every school is different. Some schools are pretty wide open. Other schools are very sh- shut down. So depending on what county you're in, depending on what school corporation you're in, they all have different rules. So look ahead because unless you really want to drive to someplace and get turned away at the door, that happened. Yeah, you're better off uh, cooking yourself a nice meal or a bowl of popcorn and, and sitting next to the radio and, and listening to the uh, WZBD talent tell you all about the games. And uh, a reminder, too, as we finish up the show, to support those local businesses and sponsors who uh, run their ads during our um, our games and uh, support them because they're the ones who are helping to uh, bring this action to you during this pandemic when you otherwise would not be able to uh, to attend. So with that, we'd like to thank our supporting sponsor, Mind's Eye Graphics, and our title sponsor, Hits Your Fireplace and Outdoor Patio and Burn. And we will say goodnight, and we will see you next week. Take care.